Welcome back to Shit to Grit. Just before the Detroit Lions demolished the surging, let me go again. <laughs> what was that? You schmoderized. Do I do schmoderized again? <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. Welcome back to Shit to Grit. No, let me do it. Welcome back to Shit to Grit. Just before the Detroit Lions schmoderized the surging Denver Broncos 42 to 17, David and I asked ourselves as representatives of a fan base that's been fed a steady diet of unmet expectations. Do we still believe in these Lions after five straight questionable performances? We find our answers in the episode you're about to hear to be a fascinating window into two psyches whose perceptions have been deeply affected by repeated and lengthy disappointment, a lifetime of losing. To paraphrase legendary songwriter Paul Simon, for a longtime Lions fan, when something goes wrong, we're the first to admit it. But when something goes right, it's likely to lose us, it's apt to confuse us, it's such an unusual sight. We can't get used to something so right. But after all this time, it's sure nice to get the chance to try. Enjoy the episode. <laughs> That's great. Ladies and gentlemen, David Christopher Hughes. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, please. <laughs> you don't mean it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We got a half hour. Let's get this show on the road. Okay, hold on. There was an episode of MASH. David, did you like MASH? I did. I did. I, I think I was watching it way too young. I didn't really get the context of a lot of things that were going on, but the, uh, I, I loved Hawkeye. He was, he was, you know, wacky. And um, I loved the later episodes where they would just go kind of like, they got kind of Twilight Zone like, which was interesting to me. I think, I know I was too young. I mean, war then and now, was upsetting to me and I couldn't understand why there were so many jokes and why they were picking on major Winchester. The other guy, I, I was even too young to, to watch the show, but I liked when I would occasionally turn it on and see a serious episode because war is very serious. And there was this one episode where I wonder if it's the, I wonder if it's one I like go. I can literally name only a handful of episodes, especially ones I liked of mash. And this one, he was doing surgery, Hawkeye, and I don't know if they had to fly in a, an organ or something, but he had 25 minutes to save this patient's life. And all of a sudden, a clock appeared in the lower right-hand corner, as I recall. And for the rest of the episode, including when commercials happened, you were watching that clock head towards zero, at which point that patient would die. Now, the stakes are very, very different here. But the Lions play at 8.15 tonight. That is exactly eight hours from now. That should give me enough time, not only to record, David, but to upload. Because here's what I pitched to David. I said, let's push in all our chips and let's actually say what we believe is going to happen. Because I think it's inarguable that the Lions have been headed in a downward trend the last number of games. In fact, David... Let me read you some statistics. 
The Lions allowed at least 26 points for the fifth straight week. And the offense this past week in Chicago managed a season-low 267 yards. So we've been watching them trend downwards. And last episode, you heard us speculate that, well, it's a long season, which we're going to talk about. And, you know, people go through the dog days of summer. Maybe they're having a growing pain of how do we become a winner. David and I, like many of you, I suspect, listening, all of you third friends, have suffered a long time with the Lions. And it's affected the way we perceive the situation in front of us. If you ever doubt that to be true, talk to some of your longtime friends about these Lions, and especially about the last few weeks of these Lions, and you will hear the cynical, sarcastic, sort of Hawkeye Pierce-like comments that they will make about the Lions. Because we've all been hurt so much that we treat them like someone who we're suspicious of. Would you agree, David? Yes. Yes, I agree. So the proposition before us right now is the Lions play at 815. This will go up and it will either date spectacularly, colossally, awfully, or highly perceptively. Are we in the camp? And I'm going to offer devil's advocate information both ways. But at the end of the episode, we have to stand on our platform of do we believe in these Lions? Are they going to turn this around? and assert themselves and become a winning team like we've seen never in football, maybe earlier this season, but like we've seen never in professional football in this town, but we have seen in other sports, or are they going to do a fade? Not unlike the fades that we know very, very well in this town from these same lions, at least the same people wearing Honolulu blue. I contend this is a different culture and a different vibe but they are still the guys in Honolulu Blue. So, David, you're allowed to go back and forth on this episode, but by the end of the episode, you and I have to stand on the platform of, do we believe in this team that they're going to turn it around, or are we watching a team slide, slide into a backing into the playoffs appearance, followed by a colossal disappointment of a game, and then it's wait till next year. Where are we? You gave me the prompt a, a couple of, uh, maybe a day ago. It was like, yeah, it was yesterday. And I really been thinking about this <laughs> going back and forth. And uh, I'm troubled. We, we've both seen some troubling play out of the Lions. I have to tell you, I want to be a believer, but gosh darn it, they've just have hurt me so many times, you know, and the it's what's happening now is familiar to me. The Lions playing well and winning the tons of games is not familiar. That seems odd to me. And I have to say it's trending into an area where I'm used to feeling normal. And that is they're slipping they don't seem to be playing with urgency. They seem to, when you hear the Lions talking to the media, no one seems alarmed. They all seem very casual. And that's troubling to me. Did they seem alarmed in the old days? I can't remember. 
I can't <laughs> I either. Can't. The one I, I know they remember. didn't, David, during that 0-16, I think we were 0-12 or 0-13, and I must tell you, I was Lions-free and proud of it, but I was reading about them in the paper almost every day with that cynical, yeah, yeah. Well, if you were, I had some version of, if you were uh, gullible enough or dumb enough or suckery enough, suckerable enough to keep watching these guys, you're suffering, but I'm not, ha, ha, ha. And I read the coach at the time, Rod Marinelli, which I, I don't know if we've talked about him much, maybe on the first or second episode. They said to him, what are you going to do differently? And I'm making a comment on your point of no one's panicking. Well, these guys aren't 0-12 or 0-13. But at the time that these, this, these same guys in Honolulu Blue were, what was that, 2006, something like that, mm-hmm. they said to Rod Marinelli, what are you going to do differently? And he said, no, no, just keep pounding the rock. Just keep pounding the rock. And I, I remember again, I was lions free, but I remember moving back in my chair. I'm like, wow, isn't that the surest sign of insanity? Keep doing the same thing that hasn't been working and expect a different result. Yeah, man. Golf was at the press conference and he made this comment. He said outside everyone's, doom and gloom everyone feels like things are breaking apart but inside we're 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 calm and we've been down this road before and we know what we have to do to which i was feeling and thinking like yeah we you know you're new to this city like we've been through this many many times well we we haven't had this a great record like we have now but we've been through this we've seen the lions play really well and then in the end, limp into the playoffs, or maybe not even make the playoffs. And that's what I'm feeling now. I, I, I was really offended by his, his answer. Yeah, you've given us lots of reasons to be nervous, or me to be nervous. They have not played well. No one seems to have an answer. Players are hurt. Teams that we should be winning against, we're losing against. We're starting off slow and trying to turn it on in the end. Or started off fast, and then you know, and then not playing well in the end. It's just there's trouble with this team. I feel, and no one seems to be commenting on it. They just seem to be playing like they're normally playing. I feel like here's what I feel. I feel like we know the type of team we are. We're gonna play the way we've always played, and in the end, it'll show its head that we're a good team and. What they haven't realized, I feel, is every team has turned it up, but they haven't. They're just playing the way they normally play. They need to turn it up. They need to find another gear. And that's trouble. I haven't seen it. I just haven't seen them turn it up at all. But what you have seen, just like you said, is reason for gloom and doom. And you told me about how you felt about what Goff said. And I said to you that I agree with you because, like you said, he's new to Were town. you offended when I told you that, when I told you his comment? Weren't you offended? Yes, in as much as the current team technically is not tied causally to the past, except... that's a, That could be good. It's not a bad thing, but go ahead. Except they are because it was the same ownership. Now, it's the same family of ownership, but as I've, made, I've laid this case out over multiple episodes the current people in charge are doing things differently than the late Mr. Ford did. 
So why I was offended is, yes, Jared, you are not responsible for, nor are you technically affected by the ghosts of the past. But understand that your fan base is haunted by those same ghosts that you choose not to listen to. I respect you for not wanting to listen to them, but respect us for being affected by them because we've seen this movie before and in Detroit, it never ends well. It ends with Wayne Fonts lighting a cigar and beaming inexplicably as his team loses down the stretch and backs into the playoffs. That's what you and I called it. I, it's, I don't think we've coined that phrase. I remember hearing it. Backing into the playoffs means you get into the playoffs on a losing streak. On a losing streak. Yeah. Yes. You've always had this unwavering belief in the Lions. And I have... Wait, wait a minute. What, what do you mean? I was Lions-free from 2000 to... I, I, I get it. But you, you pulled me back in. You said this team is different. Oh, this this current regime. Yes. I have had an unwavering belief in this current regime. Except when me... Brad Holmes drafted and right now. Go on. You pulled me back in. I started... Drinking the Kool-Aid, and I, I believe, too, I, I think this team is different. The front office, they seem to be doing things differently. The coach seems motivated. He seems to be able to motivate these players. But they just haven't dialed it up, and that's troubling to me. My feelings are the Lions are going to lose this next game. First of all, before I start with what I feel What's the magic number to get into the playoffs for the Lions? What do they need to do? I believe it's two, any combination of two victories, as long as one of them is against the Vikings, who have now benched their quarterback, a former Lion, for poor play. We need at least one victory against the Vikings and at least one other victory, and then I believe we've got the division sealed. So the magic number is two, assuming one of them's against the Vikings. And how many more games do we have? Four. I believe they're going to lose their next two. And then the, the third game, they're going to, it's going to be a do or die. They may win that game. And like I said, they're going to limp into the playoffs and be out in the first round. That's my feeling. Okay. So let me be a devil's advocate. Like I said, I would on the phone. And I said this to you. If you have any doubt that it's a long season, we are nine and four. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's nine and four. It's decent. Name the nine victories dude you're putting me on the spot seriously i can't i can't get get through all the the, i can name the four losses and granted it's a smaller number it's easy to remember smaller numbers i can't do it man so the fact that that sort of proves it's a long season we you'll never get to nine in fact i i dare say anybody listening is not going to get to nine (laughs) not without looking up on their phone what the schedule is wow that's a good point that's a good point does that affect your point of view. I can only tell you what I feel. And I just have been hurt by this team so many times that I think it's going to, I think it's coming again. I see the, I see the light coming through that tunnel. I don't know if it's the end of the tunnel. And at the end of that tunnel, there's a playoff game where we're, we're going to win. Or if it's a freight train of reality coming right at us. The reality is this team not seeing their destiny, just sort of playing like, oh, we're 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 a good enough team to make it into the playoffs and 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 not dialing it up. 
not going there with a on fire with a sense of urgency, believing that they're the the better team. I just I don't see it. Okay. I yeah, I just don't see it. Does this change your point of view? The Broncos are dead last in the NFL in rushing defense. Mm-hmm. We have, as you and I agree, perhaps the greatest running. I think the greatest running back duo I've ever seen in a Lions uniform duo. Would you agree? Yes. Okay. And the Broncos are dead last in rushing defense, David. Mm -hmm. And they're ninth worst in passing defense in total yards. And they're dead last in yards per catch. Does that change your point of view? It doesn't change. (laughs) It doesn't change. In fact, I predict Campbell coming up to the podium and saying, well, we really respect this team. What a great, mm. what a great game. What a great game they had. This is a good reason why, why you should never underestimate a team. They played exceptionally well today and had a great, I, I it's feel. That speech. It's a speech, the gracious speech he makes after a loss. Yes. We've got a lot of work to do. And it's very humbling. You know, th- those types of comments. I predict that, the Broncos will have a rushing extravaganza. Or, or, you know, they'll have a record day. That's what I'm predicting. That's what I feel. I don't even know if I'm predicting that. So I've been hurt. You know, this is what I feel is going to, they're going to have a record day rushing where the Lions won't have an answer. That's what I said to you. I get cloudy after a loss because yes. I've had so many losses and suffered so much. At the hands of these guys in Honolulu Blue, I'm not sure what's true. I can say on the plus side for the Broncos, the Lions, or sorry, the Broncos are tied for the NFL lead in takeaways. In other words, if we turn the ball over, it won't be a surprise because these guys lead the NFL in, in turnovers, in creating turnovers. But none of that factors in to, like, I've asked you all these questions. Now I have to answer it myself. I'm not clear after a loss. What do I really feel about this team? Am I going to see a team at 8.15 tonight who says, enough of this shit. Let's start kicking the doors in. Or am I going to see a team like I've seen so many times in Honolulu that stumbles backwards again and says, well, we're still 9-5. and five. We can still make, we can still win our division. We'll be okay. I don't want this to be a prediction like Jason made. No, no, no. Like That's anybody not... makes. This is a prediction about what kind of team we have. It's not about the game so much as it is. Do you see that there is an argument to be made that things are falling apart? Are you aware of it? And are you going to do something about it? Like they say they will, like Aiden Hutchinson said. Jameson Williams, let me, let me read you what Jameson Williams said. These aren't his exact words, but this is almost exact. I feel like we had an embarrassing loss last week that we've got to shake back from. We know that. Dan doesn't really have to tell us that at all. We just know what we've got to do to play better this week. Less turnovers and just play good football. Do what we do. So my first question to you is, do you remember Lions talking like that? Yes. So you remember people saying we've got to turn it up, turn things up and turn things yeah. down. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're, we understand what, what has to be done. Uh, yeah, I've, I've heard that many times with the Lions. I've heard that before. What, what are you going to say? What are you going to say? 
oh, we don't have a clue. We're just going to do our best and play. You know, yeah, we know what we got. We know what you have to do. That's what. Um, oh, this uh, are not saying just keep pounding the rock. Yeah, that's true. Frank Ragnow said, we're not scared. We know what we have to be, has to be done and we're going to go out and do it. Okay. All right. Well, show me. You didn't show me the last two games, but okay. Yeah, see, I'm listening to you, and I have to look inside, David, and I'm listening to you say that, and I I feel nothing about it. I feel uninspired. I felt uninspired by Jameson Williams' quote, and I tell you, I want the guys in Honolulu Blue to win. The question is, do I believe they will? Do I believe in this team? Marshall, I want them to win. I know you do. I know I, you I do. I do. I want to be wrong. In the worst way. Yes. We talked about when they lose, we suffer. We suffer a lot, and a lot of the joy of the week is ruined for us. Go ahead. Yeah, I don't know how to explain it to you. I just feel like I have to protect myself. You know what I mean? Exactly. I just don't. I just feel like they're going to show up flat, or they're going to show up on fire, but the defense can't stop any score. Now they're going to score, and it's going to be at the last minute, and there's there's going to be a silly mistake. There's going to be a dumb mistake on defense. And then Denver is going to win the game by three points. That's it. And then Dan will say, you know, we didn't come out ready. We didn't come out with the fighting spirit. We didn't, we didn't understand, you know. And at the end, we will be in a do-or-die situation. The Lions did well. They started off great. And then at the end, that's my fear. I, I don't even feel comfortable saying that to you or our listening audience. It's just, I want them to win, but I just don't have a lot of confidence that they will in this next game. Hmm. I'm listening to you and I'm thinking about it too. I'm troubled. Mm-hmm. If they, I wouldn't say I'm going back and forth. I'm saying, I would say I'm not ready to stand on my platform yet. If they do a fade, is it a fade that you believe in any way? And you can be honest. This is just us being ourselves, David. Do you believe in any way that there's a curse on the Lions? Do you believe in things like that? I believe that they haven't solved the problem of putting a team away or understanding where you are in the schedule and taking advantage of teams that are lesser teams than you and putting them, understanding that you're a really good, I don't think they have a a true understanding that they are a better team. You know, I, I, it's not as simple as it's a curse. These are all new players. These are all new players coming into an organization. I don't think that they understand that they're a better team and good teams are supposed to win and do things correctly. It's like that when we played, uh, we played Philadelphia, I think it was last year when they barely got out of here rough game, but in the end they put it together. They understood they're a winning team. You know, they're a better team than the Detroit lions last year and they put them away and they got out with a win. They barely got out of here, but they did it. I don't know if Detroit is that team yet. Okay. Now, you said all new players, except 
the team that we rooted for in 1980 and the team that we rooted for in 1990 had all new players. And then the team that we were rooting for in 2000 before I turned off the Lions for over, what, 12, 15 years, something like that. They were all different players. Are you saying that you believe in the business case that I laid out and that the Lions weren't cursed, but they were under mismanagement and now they're not? Do you believe in that? I believe that they're not mismanaged anymore. I believe in that for sure. So then why can't you believe if you believe that the culture is different? And I'm I'm not yet talking to myself, but I expect you to ask me, why can't you believe in this team? Why can't you believe that, like with that peppy voice that I talked about, they're my guys and my guys can do it. They're going to rise to the occasion. What stops you? What's stopping me is the slippage. The slippage not not the last game and not the game before but we you and I both said well there's something there's something wrong even though that mm-hmm. we got out of there with a win a win is a win mm-hmm. there's just something about this team that's not understanding they don't know how to put a team away they leave these guys in they let them come back this isn't going to play as as we get closer to the playoffs and you're going where you need to win and understand not just put a two quarters together of great football, but finish the game. When you say that, here's what I think of. This is the truth. I told you I've been in four fights in my life. Two I won, two I lost. All four times I cried. Just like war bothers me, so does physical violence. A great deal. A, it's illegal, and B, it's dangerous, and you're hurting another person. Physically, it's horrible. I don't like to hurt anybody physically, emotionally, whatever. But I've told myself, if you're ever in a fight, don't assume the punch you throw is going to knock the other guy out. Keep punching. And that's what I think of when you say what you said. They don't know how to keep punching. That's what I've seen over and over. We're up 21 to nothing. We could have put those guys away multiple times, and we didn't. Yep. They don't know how to keep punching. There was something that was highly unsportsmanlike that uh, I think it was Woody Hayes did at Ohio State, which I recognize as unsportsmanlike, and yet I also understand the competitiveness of, which is this guy's piling on the points at the end, and then he goes for a two-point conversion. And they're like, why would you go for two points there? You're ahead by 30 points, whatever. And he said, because I couldn't go for three. (laughs) <laughs> that's great that's, that's fantastic that's fantastic I wow. understand taking a knee and I respect it and I expect it from <laughs> my, my team and the opponent's team I also understand that it's fair to get way ahead if the other team sucks just keep scoring just keep taking it to them one of the things that would give me nightmares as a longtime Lions fan and I mean this, staying in bed, losing sleep, was called prevent defense. If you are oh. a Lions fan, they, did you hear David's sound? Oh, God. If you are a Lions fan of a certain era, meaning our era, or even much younger than us, but enough to see multiple years of losing, you know when you see prevent defense, and when you hear the words prevent defense, when you hear that phrase, your team is about to give up 
a tremendous number of points and be in danger of losing the game, which they have yes. done multiple times. Prevent yes. defense equals we're going to lose. Yes. That's if you're a longtime Lions fan. David, am I telling the truth? You're, you're telling the truth. This is it. These are the amount of points that we're, we feel that it's, it's safe. We're not really going to uh, score any more points, and we're just going to – I just – it's a loser's mentality. Okay, so I said they don't know how to keep punching. Do you have anything to say on that, or is it time to put me on the spot? Because it's, it's time to put you on the spot. Time to put me. Yeah. Okay, because it sounds like no matter what I say, you're on your platform. I don't want to be Marshall. I, I don't. I just. I've this is what hurt. your gut says. This is what your yes. gut says. This is what I get. Bearing in mind that this is not intuition. This is the gut that's been punched. You've had gut punch after gut punch, like we all have, for decades. Yes. This is the gut punch guy trusting the gut has that's been punched, not his intuition. Correct. That, that's right. You okay. now. I want to hear what you. What are your feelings with the last remaining games? to be played. How do you think the Lions are going to fare? Meaning, what do you think of this next game that they're playing against Denver? Which way do you think that's going? Do you feel like they are going to finish this schedule strong and go into the playoffs with that fighting spirit and in a good place? Do you feel that they're going to limp in? What's your take? Here's my answer. As you were talking, Here's the story that flashed into my psyche. I once politely and respectfully asked a flight attendant if I could move my then wife up to first class because I had points. They called the federal marshals on me. And thank goodness somebody in sitting near me uh, stood up for me and said, this guy didn't do anything. When I walked on that flight and I said hello to that flight attendant, she was the one that greeted us. And I'll tell you this whole story when it's the off season and we start just talking again. When I walked on that flight, I noticed something very peculiar to me because I notice things and I coach people to notice things. And I know you notice things. Sensitive people notice things like this. It's a gift and a curse in this particular area of sensitivity of having unsafe environments, which you and I have both been in, in one way, shape, or form, you start to notice things. Uh-oh, is the environment unsafe? So she was saying hello to person after person after person, and she was standing tipped backwards on her backed foot. And I have never seen that entering a flight. Rarely do I see that in general when people are interacting with other people. She was on her back heel, tipped back. That's a person who called the federal marshals on me for literally no reason. And I had witnesses. The lions are on their back heel. And I don't really feel like they know what's wrong. That's how I see it as a guy who's been punched in the gut. It's not my intuition. It's the story that flashed up when you prompted me so graciously. I'm worried. And if I had to go on ceremony, I think they're not done sliding yet. Uh-huh. I think they're not done sliding, David. I think at 8.15, you better have finished your dinner. <laughs> because I don't think you're going to have an appetite afterwards. Wow! Wow! What a blockbuster! Wow! And I hope I'm wrong. Wow! Open up your mind. Open up your mind. 
Okay, so that is how shaken we've been as Lions fans. And now here's the actual truth. David, do you want to go first about this game? Well, this is what it looks like when there's a team playing in inspired. This is they they're flying around after the ball. They're making things happen. That by far is a different team that we've seen in the last what two or three games? Yes, five games. Yes, five games. This is what happens when you play inspired. You've turned it up a notch. All is right in the world with me right now. All, everything feels good. Although I I do feel a little ashamed that I bet it against the Lions. I know everyone. There's a collective eye roll out there. But to be fair, I ha I had no idea that the Lions were playing at home. Maybe my Maybe I would have been different with my prediction. Maybe not. But um, wow, it was a terrific game. I agree. First of all, it shows how shaken we've been. Yes. As longtime Lions fans. I also didn't know it was at home. I don't know if I would have felt any differently in my gut. But like you said, they played guys who brought the energy. They played guys like Vildor. Yes. <laughs> played his butt off. They played Khalil Dorsey on defense. He's our special teams gunner, playing his ass off too. So they literally did what you said. If the other guys can't bring the energy, they have to play guys who can. Yeah. They started strong and they never faded. Remember we said they can't fade. Last time they ran out to that 21 nothing lead and they squandered it. This time, at the end of the half, they ran the clock like a master. It was 21 nothing. And you couldn't even answer till the third quarter. What did you tell me? You said every time Denver scored or got a point, the Lions answered. Yes, which is what you have to do. The previous six games, by the way, the Broncos had allowed just four touchdown passes. Okay. In the total of the previous six games, their previous six wow. games. Wow. In one game, Jared Goff had five touchdown passes, tying his career high. They kicked the doors in like we were hoping, hoping, wishing, but not believing in. We'd been too hurt. But they never stopped being aggressive. Did you see prevent defense yesterday? No, no, no. I didn't. I didn't either. They kept blitzing. I heard the announcer say, wow, they're sending a safety 15 yards deep on third down. They kept going. Sam Laporta is now officially one of the great tight ends, not just in Lions history, but of all time. He's the only rookie tight end ever to have at least 70 catches, 700 yards, and nine touchdowns in a season. The only rookie tight end ever. And he blocks. He's a great blocker. He, I've watched him isolated. Wow. They signed this guy, Vildor. Let me tell you something. The Eagles waived him on November 13th. The Lions signed him on November 14th. <laughs> How good did that guy look yesterday? He looked terrific. He looked terrific. Yeah. Amon Ross St. Brown finally has a touchdown catch that they can play over and over and over with that end over end flipping over. Yes. <laughs> yes. It was fantastic. And Melifonwu. Now, let me tell you the story of Melifonwu quickly. Melifonwu was our first return in the Matthew Stafford trade. And he looked like a bomb out. We drafted him as a cornerback. He couldn't play cornerback. Made him into a safety. And he was at the back end of the safety room. All of a sudden, they benched Tracy Walker, our best player a couple of years back. 
and Melifonwu is everywhere. He's all over the field. It's just he's he's the guy who crushed Russell Wilson on that blitz and knocked the ball loose for Isaiah yes. Bugs to cover it. Yes, yes. Oh my God! What a what a great game! What a really fun game to watch. They they pulled away like good teams are supposed to do. Pulled away like they're supposed to. They they outshine them. And the other team is left trying to describe why they were screaming at each, why the coach was screaming at his quarterback. His quote was, listen, what I talked to Russell about is none of your business. So let them go have their dysfunctional team. But speaking of dysfunction, the moral of this episode, if there is a moral. Oh, wow. Nice tie in. (laughs) Never trust a longtime Lions fan to make a prediction. (laughs) 